0: Welcome to The Visibility Project, brought to you by the Martin Agency. The goal of this series is to provide a space for our talented colleagues and friends to share their stories, teach us a bit about their lives, and hopefully at the end, we can walk away with how to better inform the work we do. Joining us today is newly appointed Senior Vice President of Marketing and Entertainment at Westbrook Media. Yes, that's Jada and Will Smith's company, Jabari Hearn. In this episode, we discuss whether AdLand's entering a renaissance period for brand storytelling. Hear how Jabari took the driver's seat in his professional journey spanning tech, sports, acting, and both brand side and agency side roles.
1: Today, I'm sitting here with Jabari Hearn, who has done an amazing, uh, many, many things in his life. He has uh, been with Google, he's been with Wyden, he's been on the advertising side. Um, He's been on the technology side. Uh, He is a customer and human champion. And um, most recently has been named um, vice president at Westbrook. Is that right? Correct. Uh, So which is, uh, I'll start with Jada. Jada Smith and Will Smith's um, media company, which is amazing. And I know, um, you know, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But but thank you for being here. And thanks for sharing some of your thoughts today.
2: Thank you for having me. Excited. Excited to... uh... Share with the listeners what's going on in the world of crazy.
1: It's all crazy. It's all crazy. (laughs) But I want to take a step back because there. So when I was looking at, um, you know, all things you and uh, wanting to know a little bit more about you, my favorite thing actually was your conversation about a hero with a thousand faces. And um, which is uh, so I you also just said a minute ago that you're a self-proclaimed hippie. I, too uh, identify, uh, with hippiedom. Nice. And so when I, so it's not surprising that the hero with a thousand faces sort of, you know, get, got me excited. Um, but can you just tell me a little bit about your journey and why that book, because it had a profound impact on me and led to all bunch of like digging way deep into my own personal soul and uh, maybe <laughs> too much. Uh, right. but you know, like what, what, what is it about your journey that you have, um, been so purposeful and thoughtful about it
2: you know I, I haven't my whole journey to be honest you know I was just sort of going where the day takes me and that's why I say I'm a, I'm a hippie you know um I was lucky enough to just get tapped a bunch of times. You know, you get tapped here. You're like, oh, yeah, go to Oregon, work on Nike. That sounds cool. Yeah, great, I'll come. You know, I had a buddy who was at Chiat. They're like, you should come down here and and come to LA, work on House of Blues. Cool, yeah, that works, you know. And so I was just sort of a hippie going wherever the day took me. Uh, until I was ready to leave Nike. And I was there for 10 years. And when you're there, you get kind of lost. You're like, wait a minute, okay, like, I don't know how to do a resume. I don't know how to tell my story. I don't know how to relate to the outside world, you know? So I had to reset and really think about who I am, what my strengths are, what, where I wanted to go, why I wanted to go there. You know, I hadn't really even interviewed that much. So like, I had no idea of well, the story of me you know, and how to tell it. And so I had to like start from scratch and like re-examine who I was. Like, I, how do I even fit the pieces from my history together in a story? You know, um, I had to write the story numerous times, write my mission down numerous times until I landed it.
1: And what, 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 what so what made you um, in that 10 years of being at Nike and everything you'd done before say like, yes, this is the time where I need to take a more active role. And you said something earlier about, um, you know, reclaiming your own narrative, right. And, and, and making sure that it's not happening to you, but you're in the driver's seat. I have a follow-up question about how do you know the difference? Yes. But how did you know in this, at that time that it was time to take a real deep look at who you are, what you wanted to accomplish?
2: Uh, because I was I started interviewing and I thought um, this is when I was leaving Nike. I started interviewing and they started asking me these questions like, OK, so why did you go from Wyden to Shiat? And why did you decide to take these jobs at Nike? And I didn't have any good answers. To be honest, I was like, oh, well, because uh, they asked me to, you know, and I was like, "That just sound like a moron, actually, you know. Uh, And I realized then that I actually was not in control, that I Mm -hmm. was not actually driving my own storyline, you know? And then you get to a place where people start to project what they want on you, and you almost start following. Oh, you need to go do this. You should do this. You're great at this. You should do that. Um, And many times at that time, these are people who didn't know me, you know? Mm -hmm. Or they were thinking that I should optimize my career for other things like, fame or money, you know, and I just wasn't built that way. I wanted to have fun and be around great people, you know. So yeah. I had to like, I had to reconcile who I was and what I wanted with what people thought I should be doing and where I sh- thought I should be going and what maybe look good on headlines or resumes, you know. Um, and you have to really zero in on yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I had to ask my wife. We, my wife and I got together and we tried to zero out all the way to the end like where do we want to retire like what do we want our life to look at the end and then work back from that and when we started to do that we realized okay like my wife wants to retire on the ocean you know and i'm like yeah that's great i'm like so i guess we're not retiring at nike at portland <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so <clears throat> you start to like when you look that far out you can your decisions start to make more uh, clear sense you know
1: but it's funny dec- because i would have um and I'm sure you have this too, but it's funny that the thing that you're referencing is actually a location. It's a functional side of things. Yeah. I know you also spent some time, you know, soulfully looking at, you know, what are the emotional drivers as well? Absolutely. I mean, so what, so if, if that was the physical driver, what were some of the things that you've come up
2: with that? Like, this is what drives me. This is what makes me whole. Yes. Growth is my thing. You know, I'm, i am I feel like I have a lot of capacity to learn. And I'm, I'm, I, and I come, I'm a planner as well. I'm like Mr. Curiosity. Yeah. Um, my mom called me Curious George when I was young. So like, I always have this sense of like, oh, I want to know more and, and, and like check that out. Oh, I want to check that out. Oh, I want to know these people. I want to know how that works, you know? And I got great advice when I first got to Nike from the president at the time. He was like, learn how this place works. See it from all its angles. See how it creates value for customers and for shareholders. And it started like, that took me on a journey. I was like, okay, I started in a, in a global function, consumer um, strategy. And then I went to a global function. I learned more about the company there. I'm like, oh, there's so much going on. Then I went into North America and I'm learning more. And so I was like a kid in the candy store until I got to my 10th year. And then I was like, okay, I kind of know how this place works, <laughs> Like, you know what All I mean? Right. Like, yeah, I've done that job, I've done that job. I know these people, I know how this is gonna go. Like, and then I started, then you start to ask yourself, Like, is this, am I still on a journey? Am I still actually on a path or am Mm. I just sort of in a sitting in a, you know, in a time and I didn't want to be that person. Like I was feeling old, you know, when you start to be, you start to have all these people come in and you're the old one and everybody's sending them to you to like, here, tell all the young people what it's like to work at Nike. Then I was like, hold on, man.
1: Come it's on, gather around. Go. Let me tell you the story. Like, exactly. I'm not, I'm not ready for that
2: yet. <laughs> not ready for that yet. So that made me, and then of course I started turning older. So I'm like, all right, I got to keep evolving. I got to keep moving and pushing.
1: As a fellow forty-something, let's ease up on the old part. But yeah, no, <laughs> I hear you. you. Get older; it's a it's a part of life. I get
2: it. Fine wine, age. Time. That's right. I'm
1: aging better. Um, what do you think are some of the 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 major milestones that you've that you felt like okay, I know the, these um, these pieces of my journey are the things that I can look back on and say were waypoints, you know, to the journey that I'm
2: on now. Absolutely. I mean, I see some big, you know, waypoints. The first was, you know, Jake Schroefmer giving my first job at DDB out of college because I did, I, I thought I was going to play one more year of college <clears throat> and, and suddenly wasn't playing one more year. And he gave me my first job. So I didn't even know what I was going to do. So that got me into advertising. Then I got a call from Jonathan Cood, who saw me on a shoot, um, a foot action shoot, and was like, this guy needs to come to Widen and like got me introduced to Becca Van Dyke. And um, you know, uh, Tom Kelly and got me over to Wyden and Kennedy. That was another big, big um, milestone. Uh, and then Elena Hale was the one that got me. She was like, you need to come to L.A. And, I, you know, in all my times doing um, production, I loved L.A., the water, the weather, uh, everything about it. And so uh, Elena Hale was the one who got me to it in L.A., which was big. Um, so that was another one. And then another one for me is when I Got out and I became an actor. I spent two years as an actor, and so that was a big moment for me. Uh, my first acting job was on 9/11, <laughs> oh, wow. so I remember being literally in a uh, in a trailer watching the uh, the towers go down. So that was a big big moment for me. Um, when I became when I went to Joe, to Joe Muse's spot, Muse Cordero Chen to be a planner, I switched from account service to planning, which was a big deal for me. I was like, not your typical account guy. And even people were looking at me like, you're an account person when I go into like clients. And uh, so it was great to like switch over to strategy because I was just so curious, you know, and I felt closer to the creatives, which I wanted to be close to creative anyway. So that was a big one. Uh, And then I would say um, there was a big turning point. I got a job at Crispin Porter uh, Mm -hmm. in in 2000 and while they were pretty big. Uh, and I accepted a role as a planner there. And then the day after I accepted that role, I got a call from Nike uh, and them offering me a job. So I had to call Crispin and say, you know what? Hey. I know I accepted that. <laughs> and that was the first time and the only time ever I've gone back on an offer. Um, but I felt like that was for good reason. So that's a big moment for me as well. And then- um, I'm and sure it, they were understanding. So yeah, they were understanding. Disappointed, but understanding. They were, they were, they were. 10 years at Nike was amazing, you know, and there's tons of like great moments there that I could go through.
1: Not as familiar um, um, with everything you've done because it's so much. Um, do you feel like that was a a moment in time that said, wait a second, my powers are greater than I ever thought and that I can actually help steer and shape things a little bit more? I mean, that's a that's yeah. a pretty, that's going to be one of those ones that we all look back on and go, damn it, that was yeah. amazing.
2: That, um, was, um, that was just like my... I came to the understanding that I can create impact at scale through my position in these big companies. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going through, okay, do I want to start my own thing? Do I want to be at a big company? Do I want to be at a startup, small company, you know? And for through that moment, I realized that I had to align with companies that had the same values that I had and had the same courage that I had to mean more to the world than just selling products. Mm -hmm
1: that that this is going to sound very functional after all that big lofty thinking but it's one that perplexes me regularly and you brought it up a while ago and so and I'm going to reference a Jeff Goodby article that um, that he wrote a, a while back when he went to Cannes and he, and he said it used to be that Cannes was this place where big ideas were celebrated that you know mass culture and there was the the taxi cab Test. You know, you got in the taxi cab, and they'd say, "Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about." That's right. And then he'd said that it turned into a little bit of a plumber's convention um, because <laughs> there's been so much emphasis on performance and lower funnel, and um, you, you know, I, I, um, some of it is you know one-off. Um, Executions that are dependent on new technologies, and and again, I, I I love it all, but I think the balance of it is out of whack, right? And I feel like I hope we're in a renaissance or, or a, a you know a, a reawakening of the power of these big brand stories that um, can impact more than. You know, one person. Can um, totally you agree. talk a little bit about that? I mean, it's a kind of functional question, but mm-hmm. I'm just perplexed by performance versus brand. I hate to use performance versus brand because I fundamentally believe they're linked. Absolutely. But- storytelling versus transactional maybe that's better
2: yeah you know i think that people who don't understand the full how all of those things work together and they really understand more business and finance will lean towards performance marketing right because they know that if they put this three dollars in they get six dollars out as an example Um, if you don't understand the power of storytelling you're always going to orient there right and you think about a lot of these companies that are popular right now and they're having to leverage a lot of these digital tools in order to reach their audiences, because it's a lot harder to reach audiences now. And they're having to make decisions with $1, right? You know, they're getting investment money is how a lot of these companies are starting, right? And they're not not like, you know, big profitable companies that are trying to figure out how to tell their story. They're companies that are getting invested in, and these investors want to return on their dollars. So a lot of these people who are making decisions on how to tell their story are thinking about ROI. That's just how they're born and built. And so I think it's gonna be this way for a long time until they learn the hard way, right? Mm -hmm. And I think many companies started to learn the hard way when COVID hit and that there's, you can't, doesn't matter how many coupons you have, nobody's gonna jump in a lift. So how Mm -hmm. are you going to have a conversation with your customers? How are you gonna still mean something to customers? It's all about your story, your brand, your values, you know? And even now, a lot of these people who are experts at growth marketing and performance marketing are telling you, they're like, we still need creativity. We still need ideas to fill the beast, you know, to put into the machine. What is the idea without that? Like the machine can only do so much. Right. And so um, I've been pitching a couple things. One is like, you know, nobody wants to walk around with only the head or the heart. You got to have both in order to survive as a human. And it's no different in, in, in marketing. They call it a funnel because you have to start with awareness. Like if nobody knows about your shit, no one's gonna buy it or care about it, you know? So all of those things have to work together in terms of, uh, and, then, and then third, especially now with George Floyd and all the stuff and, and the way the world is looking at sustainability and people, your your narrative is much bigger than just your products, right? You, your narrative is who you are, your company, your history, where you're going, your values, and you can't communicate all that in performance marketing.
1: Well, you can't, you know, the other, um, you would said earlier that like the you know the it's very true I think the any company the Martin agency included doesn't really exist it is a, the it is whoever is leading it at the time and the decisions that those people make
2: exactly
1: um, which I think means more and more the people at the top of these companies you know they're gonna they have to speak people are not looking like the corporation itself can have a point of view, but unless it's acted upon by its C-suite or by its senior leaders um, in a meaningful way, you know, people just aren't going to get it. And I do think that, um, you know, more and more, whether you articulate them in advertising or not is not the issue. You just need to articulate them so that when you are doing anything, whether it be performance, social, um, you know, and that it comes through as genuine because there's nothing worse than a disingenuous, you know, bullshit, um, exactly. You know, marketing campaign. Um, and the other thing I'd say is the, that, um, is that I think all of these marketeers and, and, um, financially driven, um, leaders of these companies want expected results, but they don't ever leave room for the unexpected results. And I would say exactly. the stuff you did for Nike would be an unexpected result. I mean, yes, you fueled it. Yes, you listened to it. But to be able to catch the that wave of sentiment right before it hits the crests and be on the right side of history, that's the magic. Um, that's the magic. And that's what leads you to, the only thing I can say about, those, the financially driven piece of it is that look at the valuations of these companies. I mean, look at the, the look at the market right now, and look at how, in one category, a company that's losing money can be valued at eighteen <laughs> times what it's worth, and you know, and then the, the the leader in the category is valued at half as much. I mean, it's wow. just a crazy
2: dynamic right now. Anyway, it really is, It really is. I don't even try to understand it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, so, 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 you know, so what's next? I mean, you've got this big new job. You're just starting. I mean, this is very recent, right? Yeah. Um, I start Monday. You start Monday. So what, so what do you, what, 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 uh, tell me a little bit about what you're going to do and why you believe that that was like, this is, this is the right next chapter for, for me.
2: Yeah. I think one, I wanted to be in a place where all of my experience comes to bear. You know, uh, I have agency experience. So, you know, Westbrook is part agency. We're agency of record for like Zoom, as an example. Obviously, agency of record for Will Smith. Um, you know, I'm a big culture and content person. Um, and so we'll be doing a lot of short form content here. If you think about it, that's where the world has moved to- towards, you know, branded entertainment, short form content, social content. Not quite like short as short as not sure sort to of not quite not not that short, but that's where the world i think even just an attention standpoint is like you know um, so I'm excited about being right there in the middle of like you know social content, you know revolution, I think that um. Will himself is a brand, and it is a product, yeah. right? And so the things that can spawn off of him and his family, like Red Table Talk, and like Jaden has a water brand called Just Water. Um, you have things like that that just that carry the values and the storyline and the and the pizzazz from the Smith family um just gives you a great opportunity to tell stories to bring positivity into the world to connect with brands um you know to do things that have never been done before will's never even actually been in a commercial right so imagine the first type of commercial that he could be in what that could be like you know um um, a lot of these big studios you know they're still doing traditional marketing so can i take some of the stuff that i learned from silicon valley some of this non-traditional marketing uh, some of the stuff we did at Nike and apply that to the film and, and, and television world. You know, I'm really, really excited about bringing that kind of uh, perspective to that world.
1: Is this, is it bigger than, than what um, Ryan Reynolds has been doing? I mean, is it, is it a different, I mean, he seems to be quite a, I feel like he's using his celebrity and his yes um, specific tone to do a few things, but it seems like what you're talking about is is maybe it's bigger. bigger that, yeah, because it's
2: not yeah. just, yeah, it's not just the Smith family, right? They're working with a bunch of other artists like Liza Koshy, a YouTube artist. Uh, they're working with Patrick Mahomes' brand um, yeah. and helping. So like many athletes and celebrities are realizing that they have the power, they're the talent, right? And so if they can control their own production, control their own image and views um they're a lot more powerful look at what what um kevin hart was doing with all his movies yeah. the reason a lot of his more recent movies were successful is because he took his own marketing into his own hands right and he's doing everything through social he's like all over the place right and let the studio do their thing but when he's you know he has this more authentic and everyday connection to his audience you know and so it changes the game as it relates to what the talent can do to drive the other other business interests
1: it's 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 an amazing time. Well, I can't thank you enough for for taking the extra time to meet with me. This has been awesome. I I truly enjoyed getting to meet you, and um, I hope you won't uh, turn me down if I, I you know call you someday or text you someday and I love I that. You're, need some need some uh, need some help or some guidance
2: because it, it's really been wonderful. Anything you need. I'm also doing mentoring on the side, so anybody needs. Oh, perfect. Mentoring? Done. There you go. <laughs> I'll thank you, Brad. We'll hang you. up with this and
1: I'll, I'll give you a call.
2: Right I mean, on.
1: <laughs> thank you, Jabari. I really appreciate it. Um, appreciate can't you, wait Mike.
2: to see what you do next. Thank you so much. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to the Impact interviews. If you'd like to reach out to us, send an email to impact at martinagency.com. Our theme music is I Crush the Mountainside by Space Bomb House Band. Check them out at spacebombrecords.com.